Welcome everyone to the Grinded Podcast. Nipsey Hussle is going to bring us in just a little bit with Grinding All My Life. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle paid the price. Want a slice, got the roll of dice, that's why. All my life, I've been grinding all my life. Uh. It's time to hit this rail we call life and grind it. Welcome to the Grinded Podcast. I just want to say thank you for being a listener. Thank you for sharing the Grinded Podcast with your family and your friends and your coworkers. And I just pray that you and they are encouraged to grow closer to Christ. And if they don't know Christ, I pray that they, uh, through these podcasts and through the, the power of the gospel, that they would come to know Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. And um, just again, thank you from the, the bottom of my heart for uh, bearing fruit through sharing these podcasts and being a listener. Uh, today we're going to start with John 21. It's the last chapter of the book of John. And then when we finish, then the next two podcasts, we'll finish the book of John. And then I'll move into uh, the book of Acts. Uh, a lot of people see it as the Acts of the Apostles. And I believe that if you open your Bible to the book of Acts, that's what it, I believe that's what it says at the top. It's the Acts of the Apostles. But it's actually the acts of the Holy Spirit because it's the Holy Spirit doing the work using the apostles. And so we will be digging into the book of Acts uh, probably the first of next week. Um, But today we're going to start in John chapter 21. And like I said, it's the last chapter in the book of John. And we just finished talking about in the last few podcasts about the crucifixion of Jesus and the resurrection. And the day of the resurrection, Jesus appears twice uh, to his followers. And in John 21, he uh, makes a third appearance. But before we we start digging really deep into John 21, I want to take a look at 1 Corinthians 15 and the apostle Paul, who was once named Saul, and he was a Pharisee, and he hated Christians. He persecuted Christians. He was there at the stoning of Stephen, when uh, they were bringing their coats and laying them at his feet when they were getting ready to stone Stephen. Uh, he, he has a conversion story, and you can read all about it in details in Acts chapter 9, um, because he actually, well, we'll get to that in just a second. Let me read 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 through 8. Paul says, For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that He was buried, and that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. Now, this is the gospel in a nutshell. Paul is saying Christ was dead, buried, and now He's alive. He's been resurrected. And then he says in verse 5, he says, And that He, Jesus, He appeared to Peter, and then to the twelve. And after that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time. So this is, Paul says that Jesus appeared to Peter, and then he, he, he appeared to all the apostles. But he also appeared to 500 people who were, I guess, gathered together at some venue or somewhere at one time. And they all seen Jesus and probably had a discussion with him. All 500. So there's 500 witnesses of the resurrection of Jesus right there. Uh, and then uh, Paul says, most he says most of the people that Jesus appeared to when he was penning this letter, he says most of them are still living, though some have fallen asleep or they've, they've died. That's a nice way of saying that someone, someone has died. And he says, then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and then last of all, he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. And what, what Paul means by that was, 
that he was not a follower of Christ. He hated Christians, like I said. He he persecuted Christians, and he was on his. He was a Pharisee, and he had gotten orders uh, from the chief priest to go to Damascus and and persecute a bunch of Christians. So as he's on his way to do so, Jesus appears to him, and and he appears to him from heaven. It's a bright light. He knocks him, Paul off his horse, and those guys there was three. I think it was three guys that was with Paul knocked him off their horse. They can hear Jesus uh, talking, but they can't see him. Paul can hear him, and, and Paul has a, uh, and sees him, and can have a conversation with him, and that's when, um, at the time, his name was Saul, and he was converted to Jesus, and he changed his name to Paul. And you can read all about this in detail, like I said, in Acts chapter nine, and you can read Paul's conversion story. But that's when he was uh, 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 he seen Jesus. So when Jesus appeared to him, uh, and so he, but he gives us a bunch of other appearances by jesus in first corinthians 15 john only covers three appearances and we're going to talk about the third one here in just a second john 21 and the other gospels doesn't uh mention this 500 that that paul talks about or, or, or appearing to james and others but i wanted to include what paul had to say about jesus's appearances because they're not covered in the other gospel accounts and and paul gives us all of these different witnesses to the resurrection of Jesus. And so it's proof that it is true. That Jesus did come out of that grave. That Jesus is alive. And he appeared to these. And so uh, to his disciples. And so in John 21, John gives us kind of a detailed account of the third appearance. And, and he tells us what it was like that day that Jesus appeared to them for the third time. He tells his readers that there were about seven of the 11 disciples that were left, because remember Judas went off and hung himself, so that left 11. And so John gives us some names of these guys who had went fishing at the Sea of Galilee. And he uh, he says there's Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, and, and two others that he didn't mention their names. And one of them could be possibly him, because he does that one in his letters. He'll say the one whom Jesus loved or somebody, but he does never give his name. Um, now, uh, they've been fishing all night long, he says, and they didn't catch a single fish. Now, if you're a fisherman by trade and this is how you make money, well, it's not good if you don't catch any fish because that means you don't get any money, right? Zero dollars for you. And if you fish for recreation and you don't catch a fish, you don't even get a nibble, well, you find yourself being you know, bored out of your mind. So here they are. They're about 100 yards from shore. It's the dawn. They've been fishing all night long, have not caught one fish. John mentions they're about 100 yards out from the shore. And then there's some guy that starts yelling to him on the shore, and he said, or from the shore, and he says, Hey guys, have you caught any fish? And they reply, No. And the guy yells back, Well, throw your net on the right hand side of the boat, and you'll catch some. Now, I want, to, I want to talk about something here. The guys on this boat have been commercial fishermen for most, if not all, of their lives. Uh, I'm sure they knew what they were doing, and, and, and I'm willing to bet that they have fished all around that boat. You know, right side, left side, front side, back side. They've probably moved all over the Sea of Galilee to different spots because that's what you do when the fish aren't biting. You move to a different spot. You just don't hang around uh, hoping, you know, that they're going to start 
bite and you move around. Uh, I used to go fishing with my uncle a lot when I was a teenager and uh, we was in this old 14, 16 foot John boat and you know we we went around the bushes that was the thing you know because the crappie were in there uh, you know spawning and, and uh, they were around the bushes and if they wasn't biting around the bushes we would move you know to a different spot and so these guys knew what they were doing they've been fishing all night long they fished on all sides of the boat, I'm sure. They've moved around to different spots in the Sea of Galilee, I'm sure. And there is some dude where they, they're tired. They've been fishing all night long, haven't caught the first fish. And now there's some guy yelling at them, telling them, hey, if you, if you will cast your net on the right side of the boat, you'll catch some fish. So, you know, let me say it like this. If you've done something all your life you pretty much know what you're doing especially with your job if you've been working many hours and you've been working say if you work third shift and you're pulling a double and you're super tired and somebody comes along and they come up to you and say hey you know you can do it like this or you need to do this or you could do this differently and you're going to get this result. Well, obviously, if you've been doing it your whole life, you know what you're doing and you know what to do. You don't want, especially when you're tired and you've been working two shifts or you've been working all night long or all day long, you don't want somebody telling you what to do. It's, it get, it, you know, you just get aggravated or maybe, maybe it's just me, but I got a feeling I'm not uh, in the boat alone. Hi, got that? So, but, they listen to this guy, even though they have no idea that this guy is Jesus. But they, they do what he says. They, they, they take their nets off, I guess, the left-hand side of the boat or whatever side they were fishing from, whether it was the front or back or left-hand side, and they cast it to uh, their nets on the right-hand side, and they get so many fish in the net that their nets begin to stretch, but they, the nets never break. And John even gives... The number of fish when he says it was 153, not just fish, it was 153 large fish. So it means that somebody, whenever they got to the shore, somebody took the time to count 153 fish. But as soon as they caught these fish in the net, and you know, they, they've been fishing all night long, they hadn't even got the first bite, they haven't caught a fish. Now they've got 153 large fish, and they can't. It's so their nets are so heavy they can't even haul the nets and the fish up into the boat. And as soon as this happened, they recognized that the person yelling at them was Jesus, and so they they uh, they rushed to the shore. Now my question is how how did they know it was Jesus because he was a hundred yards away? And, and yes, this is something that uh, miraculous that has happened. But what you may not know or you may know is that this has happened before. It happened in Luke chapter 5 verses 1 through 11 when uh, Jesus had just first met the disciples. Luke says that one day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw that the water's edge... Uh, the water's edge. He saw at the water's edge two boats left by the fishermen, who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, one belonging to Simon, that's Peter, and he asked him to put put it out a little from the shore. And he sat down and he taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, 
put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Now, remember, they're, they're cleaning their nets at this time. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night long. We haven't caught anything. Sound familiar? But because you say so, I will let down the nets. And I mean, I'm going to have to clean these things all over. I've just been cleaning. I got them clean and put up and I'm ready to go home, go to my family because Peter was married. He had a family. But he says, you know, whatever you say, dude, I'll just, what have I got to lose? I'll try it. And so uh, he says, I'll let down the nets. Verse six, when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break this time. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and they filled both boats so full that the boats began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. And then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid, from now on you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on the shore and they left everything and they followed him. So the people that were with Peter that day, James and John and others, they are there with Peter now. They're out there in this because Peter's one said, I'm going fishing. They all said, we're going with you. And John gives us the names of the people who are on the boat with Peter and they're out there fishing. They haven't caught anything. Some guys yelling from the shore. They don't know who it is. They don't recognize that it's Jesus. He says, hey, cast your nets on the other side. Well, they do so. And when they did, they caught 153 large fish. They couldn't even pull the nets up in the boat. It was so heavy. And instantly, they recognized that it was Jesus. So this is the second time that this has happened. As I just read out of Luke's account, where the same exact thing happened. Jesus said, you know, I know you fished all night long, but just trust me. Go out there and cast your nets out. So they said, okay, we will. And when they did, they caught so many fish that the nets began to break. They caught so many fish that it filled up two boats. So they knew immediately that this was Jesus that was yelling at them. Now I got a question. In John chapter 10, verses 1 through 6, Jesus says he is the shepherd. He says that his sheep hear his voice. He says that his sheep know him and his sheep follow him. This is the second instance since the resurrection that, that someone, a close follower of Jesus, if you will, heard his voice but didn't recognize him. Why did they not recognize Jesus by his voice? Because that's what Jesus said. My sheep hear my voice. They know me and they follow me. But there's two instances, and we're going to cover them when we come back from break, where people, this is after Jesus' resurrection, they heard, or they not seen, but they heard his voice and they didn't recognize him. We'll talk about it when we come back from break. My name is Dinah Grace Hawk, and I started a movement of empowerment. I focus on Revelation 12:11, which states that we will overcome, conquer, and defeat him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And we will not love our own lives, even unto death. See, sharing testimony squashes pride. It empowers. It strengthens. It encourages. And it heals. 
This whole movement is focused on sharing our testimony, our walk with the Lord, how He's using us in this life to empower others to do the same. By doing this, we will overcome anything that this world can throw at us because we are covered by the blood of the Lamb. Every week from now till the end of the year, I'll be highlighting a different woman in the ministry and they're going to share their testimony. Tune in every Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern, either on Facebook or Instagram at Dinah Grace Hawk, and you get to be a part of this movement too. I'll see you there. So this is the second time since the resurrection that somebody has heard the voice of Jesus and didn't recognize him. And I want to know why that is because Jesus says that he's the good shepherd and the sheep, his sheep, hear his voice and they know him and they follow him. And I want to share these two instances with you and and answer my own question. The first instance is Mary at the tomb. After answering the angel's question, remember they, she had went to the tomb. She's been blindsided by, uh, by the empty tomb because she's going to visit the body of Jesus. And when, when she gets there, the stones rolled away. The tomb is empty. She sees the grave clothes. She runs back and gets the, tells the others that Jesus' body's missing. She comes back to the tomb. Peter and John come to the tomb with her. They see that it's empty. They see the grave clothes. They, they leave her alone, and they go home, John said. And so Mary is left there all alone. And just to make sure that she's not hallucinating or dreaming or whatever, she goes and has a second look. And she stoops down, and she looks inside the tomb, and she has a conversation with two angels, right? And they ask her, woman, why are you crying? And she says, because they've taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they've laid him. And she turns to walk away from the tomb, and there stands this dude that she thinks is the gardener, but it's actually Jesus. But she doesn't know that it's Jesus. And so Jesus asks her the same question that the angel said. He says, woman, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? And, and she doesn't even answer, like, Jesus. Uh, she just says, if you'll just tell me where you're taking him, I'll go get him. And so she's having a conversation with Jesus himself, and she doesn't even recognize Jesus. She thinks he's the gardener. And, 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 and so I, I want to know why did she not hear the voice of Jesus and not recognize that it was Jesus? In fact, when you read John, you see or John's account of this story in John chapter 20, you you see that Mary had, had actually turned from Jesus and was walking away from Jesus, and 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 it was the very person that she was looking for, and she didn't recognize his voice. It was not until Jesus called her by her name when he said Mary that she instantly recognized him, and she falls at his feet and she wraps her arms around his legs. She grabs his legs, and then we'll come back to that. The disciples. They had followed Jesus for three to three and a half years. I mean, they spent every day with him. They spent every night with him. They, they were with him on a daily basis for over three years. And they hear him yell from the shore, Have you caught any fish? Because we know that they heard him because they gave a response. They said, No, we haven't, you know, no, we haven't caught anything. And they didn't recognize his voice. It, it, it was not until that he told them to cast their nets on the right side of the boat and they hauled in those 153 large fish. At that, is, at that point is when they recognized it was Jesus. It actually took a miracle for them to know 
who the man on the shore was. And as soon as they realized that it was him, when they got when this miracle happened and they couldn't haul in all of these fish that they caught, they, they made a beeline to the shore as fast as they could get there hauling those fish. So here, here's my question. Why did Jesus' closest followers not recognize his voice if Jesus said his sheep hear his voice, they know him, and they follow him? Well, here's the answer. The answer is, it's the same reason you and I, we don't immediately recognize Jesus when he speaks to us. We're, think about it. We're distracted. We're busy. And we're too focused on circumstances rather than focusing on Jesus. And let me explain. Now bear with me and, and listen to me and walk with me here. When Mary was talking to Jesus, she was crying so hard. She was so upset when she came to the tomb to visit Jesus' body because she was blindsided, right? She was blindsided when she got there. She was expecting Jesus' body to still be there. And she was going to pay respects I mean, to Jesus' body. He's been in the, the, the tomb for three days. And it was uh, uh, Passover had started. Uh, the Sabbath day had, had come and gone. So uh, it had been three days they had to wait. And so she rushed to the tomb to see Jesus' body. But when she got there, is that the old Gold City song? There ain't nobody there. Jesus' body was gone. It was just a grave clothes. So she's been blindsided and she's devastated. She's, she's uh, what do they say, tore up from the floor up. I mean, she's just going crazy. We, where is he at? What's he done with this? And that's why she, she's asked, She's telling the angels, I don't know where he's at. I don't know what they've done with him. She turns and she sees Jesus. Woman, who are you looking for? What have you done with him? I'll go get him if you just tell me where he's at. So Mary is no different from us. If you think about it, we, we get so caught up on the things that's going around us, the elephant in the room, if you will, that we focus on it, the elephant, the problems, the situations, and we want to get rid of the elephant and we want to fix it. So we do everything in our power that we can to focus on that elephant so we can get rid of the elephant, so we can fix the elephant, you know, get this thing out of, out of my room. And we can't pay, we get so focused that we can't pay attention to anything else, only the elephant. And as I'm working on this podcast today, I'm, I, I'm, I'm listening to worship songs on YouTube and one just played uh, while I was doing this po- uh, preparing for this podcast that is called It Is Well by Bethel, and uh, Christine DeMarco sings it. And in the lyrics of this song, she says, And far be it from me not to believe, even when my eyes can't see, and this mountain that's in front of me will be thrown into the midst of the sea. Now, I live in the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains in Maryville, Tennessee. And in from my yard, even from my living room, I can see a mountain. Now, it's a small mountain, but I can see a mountain. But what I can't see are all these beautiful mountains that are on the other side of that one small mountain. Unless I drive to the top of that mountain, and we actually have a place called the Top of the World. I believe that's the name of it. And you can drive up. And, 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 it, and there's houses up there and everything. And it, it's a really cool place. And you get out of your car and you can walk and, and you, you see all these trees and stuff. But, but all of a sudden you come to this opening and they have this lookout. And when you get to that opening and you get to that lookout, 
you're on the top of the mountain and you can just see mountains as far as your eyes can see. It's just mountains after mountains after mountains. And it is so, so beautiful, especially in the in the spring and the summer when the trees have their leaves and the buds are on there. And, and you know, you can hear the wildlife going around. It is, it's just a beautiful scene. But from my house, see, I can only see that one small mountain. I would never know that those other mountains existed if I didn't drive to the top of that mountain and see them. I would have missed out on so much of God's creation and God's beauty. And that's exactly what's happening to Mary. And it happens to us far too many times. Something in life, it blindsides us. It catches us off guard. We wasn't expecting that to happen. And it's all we can do is focus on what is going on in our lives. It has taken us, like they say in sports, it's taking us off our game. We just can't, we can't focus. We can't make a shot. You know, we can't make a layup. We can't do anything, right? Because we've been blindsided. It's come unexpectedly. And so we focus on that. And the whole time, God is trying to have a conversation with us just like he did with Mary and those angels and just like Jesus did with Mary. And she didn't even acknowledge the fact that she's talking to angels and she had no idea that Jesus, the person that she was looking for, was talking to her. She thought he was the gardener. And so God is trying to have this conversation with us and we don't even realize it's him. He sends people in our lives and they're going to help in some kind of way to encourage us. A song comes on the radio that speaks to our situation. We, we, we read stuff on social media, on Facebook, Pinterest, and it, and it brings encouragement to us. But yet we can't realize that God is speaking to us through these things because we're too focused on the small mountain that is blocking our view from God's beauty. We're no different than Mary. And we have to get on top of the small mountain. We have to overcome the elephant in the room and get our focus off that one mountain and realize that there's thousands upon thousands of mountains that we when we get to the top of this small mountain and you, if you've ever been there, you know what I'm talking about. When you get to the top of the mountain and you can see on the other side, you see all these beautiful mountains. And you see God's beautiful creation. When the disciples were out on the Sea of Galilee fishing, they're all tired. They've been fishing all night long, or you could say they've been working all night long. And maybe they're having some conversations about the things that have just taken place because their best friend did just die on a cross and he did appear twice to them. So they're, you know, in their minds, they're trying to process all this, all this stuff. So they're, maybe they're having conversations on the boat about what has happened in the past few days. And there's some strange man a hundred yards away on the shore yelling at them, asking them, you know, have you caught any fish? You know, these guys are focused on the task at hand. They're trying to catch some fish so they can make some money, right, and, and take care of their families. How many times have you been doing a task and someone was talking, you were so focused on this task that someone was talking to you and you didn't even realize they were talking to you? You hadn't heard one word they said, even though they've been standing there talking to you for five minutes, maybe ten minutes. But you're so focused on this thing that you're doing, you didn't realize they were talking to you. 
if the disciples had not listened to the stranger, if, if they would have just told him, shut up, mind your own business because we know what we're doing. We've been fishing our whole lives. And we fished all over this place. We've been on all sides, the front, the back, the left side, the right side. We've been all over this boat. We've been all over this Sea of Galilee. And we haven't caught the first fish. We know what we're doing. If they would have had that attitude, they would have, they would have missed an opportunity to be with Jesus. Think about that. But they listened to Jesus. Now, it, it took a miracle for them to realize that it was Jesus. They heard his voice when he was yelling from the shore. Hey, you caught any fish yet? No. Well, cast your net on the right side of the boat and you'll catch some fish. And you know what? They didn't recognize it was Jesus at first. But when that miracle happened, they instantly knew it was Jesus. Now, listen to me, beloved. Jesus is trying to get your attention. He's trying to get my attention. Stop what you're doing and pay attention. Listen to His voice and be obedient. Stop trying to do things your way because it's not going to work no matter how hard you try. You may know what you're doing. You may have done it this way your whole life. But Jesus says, I need you to do it this way. Not on that side of the boat, but on this side of the boat. I need you to go here. I need you to go there. I need you to do this for me. Stop trying to do things your way and do it God's way. The outcome is way, way better. You will be so blessed if you would just listen and pay attention to the voice of God. Recognize Jesus and that He's calling you by name and he's telling you i'm here for you no matter whatever situation you're facing no matter what mountain seems to be in your way there is something far more greater on the other side of that mountain you just have to overcome the mountain and i'm here to help you do it if you will listen to me and be obedient recognize who jesus is and listen to his voice, listen to his direction, and follow him. That's exactly what he told the disciples to do. And he's calling us by our name, just like he did Mary. Mary was so tore up, and she was so focused on, I can't find Jesus. What have they done with Jesus' body? He, he's got to be somewhere. Sir, if you've done something with him, if you put him somewhere, just tell me where he's at, and I'll go get him. And it was Jesus standing right there in front of her face, and she didn't even recognize Jesus because she was so focused on the situation that was in front of her eyes. She was so focused on Jesus missing that she missed Jesus until he called her by her name. Listen, friend, we all go through problems in life. We, we're blindsided by stuff all the time. Everybody faces problems. Everybody faces life challenges. You are not alone. There are people who are here to encourage you. There are Christians all around you. There's churches all around you. If you would just open up and listen to the voice of God, there's people that can encourage you and help you to get to the top of that mountain so you can see God's beauty and that you can get beyond what's right there in front of you and move to greater blessings that God has in store for you. 
Listen to his voice. Stop what you're doing. Stop doing it your way. And do it his way. And you will be greatly blessed. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Grind It Podcast today. You can send any questions or comments to grinditpodcast at gmail.com. Please join us next time. And when a challenge comes your way, just grind it. Been grinding all my life. Sacrifice. Hustle paid the price. Want a slice. Got to roll the dice. That's why all my life. I've been grinding all my life. Look.